It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Week 16 has come and gone. The playoff races are getting tight. The draft order is getting interesting as well. We're going to break it all down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with The Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're The Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league. On the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to issue a big thank you and shout out to our everydayers, those of you who make Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. We appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Joe, happy. Uh, Victory Tuesday for those of us who are celebrating. Half Did the you league have a nice celebrating. Half, literally half the league because there were yeah. 16 games that were played. Somebody won all of them. Nobody tied. Yeah. Uh, some teams are celebrating more than others, mm-hmm. be it the Baltimore Ravens telling uh, Mike Florio to stick it where the sun don't shine based <laughs> off of his prediction for the game last week that went viral. Uh, Detroit uh, claiming a big-time win. Uh, There are some teams maybe that lost that are actually celebrating Victory Tuesday as well, based off where they're now projected to pick draft order. You mentioned it. We're going to get into all of it. But I don't think you could tell the story of 2023 NFL season week 16 without starting with the two one seeds in each respective conference playing each other on Monday night football. And for the seventh straight time, Joe, the underdog has won in Monday night football. So that's statistic courtesy of Adam Schefter. Um, there have been some big time upsets on Monday Night Football, but that is uh, ties the record for most consecutive underdog victories on Monday Night Football. The Ravens go across the country and win thirty three to nineteen over the San Indeed. Francisco Forty ers Big win, right? I think a a win that um, for for Baltimore they got to feel good, right? They they're the one seed in the AFC. They get a chance to play Miami next week. Um, to really, I guess, put an exclamation point on that being their status when it's all said and done. Defensively, Baltimore uh, showing kind of that tried and true gritty, hey, we're going to be physical for the entire game and and make it really tough on you. And then for San Francisco, I mean, maybe it's as simple as this. You turned it over five times. Like, you're just, you're not going to win football games when you're minus five in takeaway, giveaway ratio. Like, you just can't do it. 
and we're penalized 10 times for 102 yards. So, like, is the sky falling? No, just don't do that, right? And you normally don't, <laughs> You're right? Like, it, and and I know that you you buy into this as well, because it, it's basic. If you've watched the NFL, you're for any portion of your life, it's never as good as it seems, never as bad as it seems, right? Right. right. You, come on, like you had a you had a goofy game, you got it out of your system. Philly and Dallas don't look like they're quite the juggernauts creeping at your, you know, nipping at your heels here uh, in the NFC. It's going to be okay. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing for San Francisco to worry about is the uh, injuries coming out of this game with Trent Williams with a groin injury and uh, Brock Purdy leaving the game, I think, for the second consecutive week with a stinger. Yeah, it's and not good. Yeah. Sam Darnold comes. So, like, you, you, that's what you got to be conscientious of if you're San Francisco. Now, the good news is you, you got Washington next week who's all but laid down and is ready for this year to just be over. So ideally, you get a little bit of time. If you got to work with Sam Darnold for a week and get Brock some rest, you'd like to think you can do that and still take care of business easily. Now, for Baltimore, uh, winning the battle and hopefully not losing the war. I haven't seen any updates as of this morning on Kyle Hamilton. Have you? Yeah, I haven't. He's having such a great season too, man. No idea what's what the status is there. He'll be important uh, for their stretch run. Doesn't look bad, courtesy the Baltimore Sun. Good uh, via. John Harbaugh doesn't look bad for anybody when it comes to to injuries. So more information on Tuesday, but it's fairly optimistic about receiving positive news. Yeah. Big win for the Ravens 49ers. You're going to be all right. Um, Now what I'm sure you're very dialed in on this is, is there a one seed clinching scenario next week for Ravens and dolphins? Does the winner of that game Baltimore will, Baltimore will clinch the one seed with a win, period. Right. Because they would have three um, losses. The Dolphins would then have five going into week 70, week eight. Well, and also the other team to watch is Cleveland. They, they, there are three, right. three teams are mathematically, not to get into the, the playoff outlooks entirely, but there yeah. are three teams that are mathematically eligible for the one seed in the AFC. It's Baltimore, Cleveland, and the Dolphins. <laughs> Cleveland. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into that, but let's talk about Cleveland. What a great time to bring up the 36-point outburst against the Texans. Joe Flacco continues to uh, provide a veteran leadership that was everything they did not have at quarterback after Deshaun Watson went down. But, man, like, what an ultimate, the the definition of a wildcard team because of this late installation of this veteran quarterback who's playing well and comfortably in the system is really fascinating to to think about. And Cleveland, they take care of business against the Texans on the road. They're at home on a short week against the Jets this week, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to win out. And then they they play like uh, close the season. Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, now, they're probably going to win. Cincinnati will be interesting depending on the, the playoff race because there's uh, one, two. No, Bengals probably not going to have a lot of tiebreakers and they play Kansas City this week. So they, they may be mathematically out of it. But you have a bunch of teams that are eight and seven, including three in the AFC South. Anybody want to win this division, Joe? <laughs> well, Anybody want to win the AFC South? You know, it's. I'm hoping for a nine and eight division winner. I think we're probably going to get that. Um, with we'll the definitely team, we'll definitely get one one because uh, Indy and Houston play week eight. Play each other, right? Yeah. Um, Cleveland. You mentioned Joe Flacco, Amari Cooper, man. Like 
there there are games, and I texted this while the game was happening. Is there are just times where you watch Amari Cooper and you're like, are we sure this guy's not the best receiver in the NFL? Like, and this is one of those. I mean, all time great performance, the single season record for for yards uh, for the Cleveland Browns, uh, breaking Josh Gordon's number, eleven for two sixty five, two touchdowns. He just he was in another another planet in this one, and I think I think their skill sets, him and him and Joe Flacco, kind of kind of work right. And Flacco's really, I think, unlocked a lot with David and Joku as well. Yeah. Um, and certainly a little bit of chemistry from their time together uh, with Elijah Moore with the Jets. It didn't, Cleveland didn't run the ball well. Th- 30 carries for 54 yards, dude. Like, And the Texans' run defense has been stingy lately. And so like you, you, you would think that running the ball would be an important part of this recipe for Cleveland to, to win this game. It, it wasn't. It was about throwing the ball to Amari Cooper. Well, and from... Uh... From Houston's perspective, no, they they didn't do their part to to have a complimentary game or to be able to to control clock against Cleveland and and I mean, how bad was the passing offense for Houston in this game? I mean, they, they were forty nine attempts for for one hundred and seventy eight yards. That, yeah, that's bro. less than it was it three and a half yards an attempt. You can't, I think you can't it's the, math, the rough math there ain't gonna work, right? So. Uh, we we talked it now, but we've alluded to the AFC South. Jacksonville losing. Just a quick run, rundown of some of the games. Jacksonville got belted in Tampa Bay. Yikes! Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence looks yeah. bad. Yeah, and obviously he cleared concussion protocol late in the week. Now he has a throwing shoulder sprain or injury of some kind, and it just feels like this this season is off the rails. They they are doing what Tennessee did last year. When Tennessee lost what yeah. seven, six, seven games consecutively, open the door. all yeah. apart and yeah. open the door. Well, now you've got Indianapolis who lost to Atlanta. Indy's got the Raiders this week. You got Houston, right. hopefully getting CJ Stroud back. They got Tennessee and then Indy and Jacksonville. They got Carolina this week. Okay, and then you got Tennessee in Tennessee to close the season. So, uh, the not to flip over to the NFC side of things just yet, but Tampa's got to be really excited about what yep. they've been able to string together and Jacksonville catching this team at the worst possible time timing. Yeah. But Jacksonville is, is one of the story. You look at the AFC landscape and you, you talk about teams like Pittsburgh, who's kind of falling apart down the stretch. Uh, I think Jacksonville's right there with that team. And obviously Pittsburgh had a nice win against uh, Cincinnati and Jake Browning turned into a pumpkin on you on Saturday. But uh Jacksonville and, and Pittsburgh are the teams that in this very crowded AFC landscape, I think they've put themselves in a position where I would not be surprised they're both on the outside looking. And unfortunately for Jacksonville, Kyle, I don't see two games in a row in London coming up on their schedule. So they're <laughs> going to have to figure it out stateside. Yeah, six, six and seven in the States, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right. So stick with it. We're going to talk about the NFC side of things a little bit deeper here in just a moment. Stick with us. But as the Weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel, although it was pretty warm here in Charlotte here for Christmas. Uh, my daughter, three years old, was very confused as to why there was no snow on the ground, and that was a hard conversation. But what's not a hard conversation is getting over to FanDuel because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks. If your team wins, so if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. 
There's a ton of different things that you can bet on, including spreads, player props, over-unders on point totals, and more. So visit you, – you were in. You said hit the under on – the it was dolphins and cowboys right yeah i think the i think the game total was 51 i said take the under give me an ugly game hopefully you followed mr crab's advice and hit the under and had some winnings over christmas weekend folks check it out visit fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel official partner of the nfl is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements maybe it's time for a rebuild or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the lombardi trophy Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now we, we could talk about the top of the conference, including Dallas, who falls to Miami 22-20. And- Philadelphia, who ekes out, gets backdoor covered uh, by by the New York Giants. Uh, so they, they didn't cover that, that big spread that they had, speaking of uh, FanDuel. San Francisco, we've already talked about. They dropped the game. Uh, kind of an ugly week for the top of the NSC, with the exception of one football team. Mm-hmm. And this game was also a little bit more stressful than I, I thought it probably could have and should have been as well. The Detroit Lions, for the first time in 30 years, have won their division. Moved to 11 and 4 with a 30 to 24 victory over the Minnesota Vikings show our Lions. Yeah. I think we we've had a lot of successful history on this show with, with supporting the Detroit Lions. We're big proponents of their draft class this year. I happened to go on the record last year and say I think it was last year right where I said I think this is a top half of the league rushing offense and they came up just short. Mm-hmm. And now this year just never wrong just early. Yeah, it was a year early on the rushing offense for Detroit, Dude. <laughs> but they they are ma- they are capable of mauling people, and the two headed monster of Gibbs and Montgomery is really physical, really explosive. They they are doing an awesome job playing quote unquote December football. Kyle, their rushing offense production since week eight: two hundred twenty two yards, two hundred yards, one hundred fifteen, one hundred forty, one hundred forty two, one hundred forty, one hundred eighty five. 143. And that was after the back-to-back weeks against Tampa and Baltimore, where they had 40 and 84 yards respectively. Yeah. They, you know, it's like almost like sometimes you need a little little bit of that to get, get it you ironed out. Yeah, yeah, dude. But like that's it, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that the rushing offense thing because it's it's absolutely happened right before our eyes. Uh top five in the NFL in both yards and yards per attempt, right? So well, I think that's a, a good sign there. And we also talked about with Detroit, the defensive regression yeah. after the bye. Don't look now. The last two weeks, they've allowed 100 total rushing yards to opposing teams in, in Denver and Minnesota. Yeah. Big. And they get Re- Dallas next. Recalibrated. Yep. And, and Dallas. At home. Dallas is at home. So maybe. They'll throw the, they'll throw the ball all over the field as a result. Did they get through that monsoon in Miami, Kyle? I saw a few sprinkles. It's, it's a quick, quick shower. A quick, quick, um, you know, tsunami over top of uh, Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> hard to hard to operate, right? Hard to. Operate. Um, we can both what, be petty about Dallas now. So, what do you what do you think about that game? Let's start here. Let's start here. I can spend the rest of my life, Kyle, the rest of my life, and I won't be able to figure out how Tony Pollard didn't score in that opening drive. <laughs> 
And how costly was that? They friggin' fumbled. Yeah, I don't. The there's game. no doubt in my mind. I don't have any. I don't have any statistical evidence to prove this. There's no doubt in my mind that the Miami Dolphins lead the NFL over the last I don't know maybe three years in fumbles that result in a recovery within the five yard lines on either side of the field. Happened to Baltimore. What, week, what week two what last is, year? What is this? And that that was a very similar drive. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. Miami ended up winning that game. They came back from 21 points down in the fourth quarter. All that jazz. Week two last year, uh, Baltimore's opening possession. Now they return the kickoff for a touchdown. Then Miami goes and throws an interception. Baltimore's up seven nothing. They go on like a fifteen play drive. They get down on the the, the Lamar Jackson runs on third down. They originally scored a touchdown. They re- review it. They move it back out to like the six inch line, and they just muff the the, the exchange, and it's rolled back to the twelve yard line. And Miami recovers. And the same thing with another very long drive. Um, they've had some fortuitous bounces down there in a the little red zone. It goes both uh, ways too, though. It goes both ways. Sometimes the Dolphins fumble down there too. It's like, yeah, it co- I mean, it cost them the right. Tennessee game, right? So, right, I mean, it's, 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 let's, let's <laughs> eliminate all of those from future Dolphins games. Dude. And my heart would be in a much better place as far as <laughs> the, the stress involved with watching that game. Uh, my <laughs> biggest takeaway from the NFC side of things from that, that game yeah. is, uh, Micah Parsons. <laughs> The first time Miami's played Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. Did you see the next gen stats by chance on like they they do like the average distance from the quarterback? Uh, I'm familiar with it. I haven't seen it for this game though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the average is like four and a half yards. And Dallas had two guys at like four and four point five and four point six, and then the next guy was like four point nine or whatever. Micah Parsons was at three yards. He was a full yard and a half closer per pass rush. Per pass attempt to the quarterback than the NFL average. It was absolutely insane tape. The get off, the versatility. I love what they do with him to move him around. So, like, I, I know they lost the game, but like coming out of it the first time that my team has had to account for Micah Parsons. Holy smokes, dude. Yeah, he's a monster. He is an absolute freak. Um, all right. Some some more thoughts in this game. The whole thing with Dallas on the road, uh, it's undeniable, right? Like they just, they're not the same team. That's a big deal. Uh, I, I find myself on the Miami side of things um, probably really encouraged defensively with with kind of what, what they've shown here uh, down the stretch. I know the story of this team feels like the, the offense and stylistically how they play, the number one scoring team in the league, mm-hmm. uh, Tyreek Hill, all that type of stuff. But like, defensively um i mean look i mean look at what they've done since the bye they've given up 13 13 15 28 and that was a goofy 28 0 and 20 right like well, even the two weeks before that was 17 and then 21 to to Kansas City where the seven of that was a defensive score yeah so, so really since was- the Philly game you the the, yeah. the defense has been really good the like they're not giving up yards either how many times has a team gone over 350 yards over against Miami since then one time. Yeah. And, and I can tell you, Tennessee got 150 yards offense in the last two possessions in the final four minutes. That's over 300. I mean, these, these teams aren't getting yards, man. Like most of these teams are like under, under 250. I mean, dolphin, the point I'm trying to make is here is we could talk about the scoring offense and the explosiveness of the offense defensively, despite not having Jalen Phillips, not having Jerome Baker, the Mike linebacker, Holland hasn't played in seven years. It feels like 
The corners, right. you never know which corners are going to play every week. Even safety, right, with Deshaun Elliott, sometimes Brandon Jones plays. Like, they're what they're doing defensively, despite the injuries, is to me the story of, of the Dolphins and why, if I were a Dolphins fan, I would I would have a lot of optimism about not, not only, of course, you, the tickets punch already the postseason, but like, hey, you can win playoff games because not only can you score, and defensively you're playing really well. Yeah, I thought they made some really nice adjustments after kind of the, this. One of the storylines going in was uh, Ramsey shadowed Garrett Wilson the previous week. Is he going to shadow CD Lamb? The answer is no. They have a miscommunication between the safety and the nickel, and you get CD running butt naked over the middle of the field for that big long catch and run that was one of Dallas's touchdowns with their explosive play. And how they adjusted after that, um, really encouraged by that. And, and you know, they made Dallas work. That their the majority of Dallas's. Uh, scoring drives were either a 50-plus yard explosive play. They had another scoring drive that was boosted by an explosive play down the field on a 50-50 ball that uh, Tolbert beat over Xavier Howard. And then they had to string together like a 17-play drive and a 15-play drive, and they just happened to fumble the ball down in the red zone on on the first long drive that they had. But they, they dare you to string together methodical, consistent, error-free football and if you're going to blink or, yeah. or or make a mistake or you're going to hold or whatever, it yeah. sets you behind the sticks, and then they get after you. I mean, there are 52 sacks for the season. Yeah. Make, and they're really getting after the quarterback, too. Make teams execute over and over and over. And when you can get those – you mentioned the 52 sacks. Like When you can get those negative plays and put teams behind the sticks, it unravels. And sometimes you just make them execute one more play. Tony Pollard doesn't get in. What happens right. the next play? They fump. Like This stuff happens all the time. You got to make teams continue to not make mistakes, and then if you can be dynamic on top of that, you got something. And I think I think for for the Dolphins that's huge. So, um, all we'll right, we got little, we'll talk a little more uh, draft order. We'll talk AFC and NFC. We'll we'll get into some more of the games that happened from yeah. a, a, a a closer look through the lens of the playoff races and the draft order. That's up next here, locked on NFL Scouting. Stick with us. You should not have to worry about buying tickets to your next big event, folks. Luckily, Game Time is here for you, and it is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Kyle, Nate Bargatsky's coming to Charlotte in January. I think I know exactly where I'll be getting those tickets from Game Time. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets, all-in prices, views from your seat, and a best price guarantee. I mean, simply put, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets the app is awesome it's super easy to navigate and i love the flash deals i log in from time to time to see what uh what type of flash deals they will offer to me and then also they send tickets straight to your phone so if you purchase tickets you don't have to dig through emails to find the actual ticket it goes right to your phone so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on nfl for 20 dollars off Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So do you want to do playoff race or do you want to do uh, draft order first? 
Let's see the playoff race. Let's see the playoff race. Okay. So as things currently stand, going into week 17. Feels weird that week 17 is not the last. No, nope, there you got two more weeks of this. Yep. Yeah, you got two more weeks. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are the one seed. The Miami Dolphins are the two seed. Uh, they play each other this week. and they At 1 o'clock on Sunday. 1 o'clock on Sunday, which I'm very glad that they didn't flex it because it's a first-class ticket to Miami having a letdown performance is to flex it to a prime. I just want to, I want to be able to watch it. So uh, Kansas city currently the three seed at nine and six. Uh, they technically have not clinched this division, right? No, if they lose out and the Raiders win out the Raiders, baby <laughs> hosted a playoff game in Vegas. Let's go. Uh, the Jaguars are currently leading a three-way tie in the AFC South to be the four seed. The five seed currently is the 10 and five Cleveland Browns. They're the only other team besides Baltimore, Miami, mathematically eligible for the one seed in the AFC, the nine and six Buffalo bills, uh, their survival against the Chargers and Easton stick. Uh, I think there's some fun storylines there. I know you and I talked offline a little bit about going into the game, what we thought it was going to look like and the, the Chargers. Really Everything I feared it would be. <laughs> right. And then the uh, Colts are currently the seven seed at eight and seven, uh, leading a tie against the Houston Texans, also eight and seven. And then the two other AFC North teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals with the Raiders and the Broncos on the outside looking in as well at seven and eight. Let's we'll start AFC real quick. Game, game and race you want to talk about there that we haven't discussed. I think we got to I mean, the AFC South is the story here. Uh, none of the all these teams are just not getting it done. Uh, Indy getting some devastating news about Michael Pittman not being able to play right before that game. But yeah, would it have mattered? I mean, it felt like it was somewhat close. Atlanta kind of maintained this multiple score lead, and and Indy could never really eat into it at all. Meanwhile, Jacksonville is just you know really falling apart, and then Houston. It's unfortunate that C.J. Stroud's missed a couple weeks in a row. You don't know what these games would have looked like with him at quarterback. They obviously won last week, so it's the one game that matters is this one. But kind of our, my concern with Houston the whole time has been, all right, this is a really young football team, a brand-new coaching staff. Like hand, Handling a little success and then staying with it the rest of the season is a little bit difficult, and I, I think – some of that has shown up um, in, in their collapse here, but someone's going to win this division. Someone's going to host a playoff game. And, and let's be honest, two of these teams have a real chance of getting in despite right. all of that. Um, and you mentioned Houston and in Indy play each other. So this is, to me, this is the most compelling. I don't expect anything from these teams in the playoffs in terms of winning and going on a run, but like two of them are going to make it. Right. And I, I think from Indy's perspective, the thing that you're discouraged about is that you got Jonathan Taylor back for this game. Yeah, you lost Micah Pittman, but Minshew sacked six times. Yeah. Never really found any offensive rhythm. Uh and, and then they the fact that they gave up what they gave up defensively to Atlanta with their kind of quarterback churn. Turns out that Heineke was the right button to push at least for this week. They finished with yeah. over 400 yards of offense. They ran the ball for nearly 200 yards. Um that game for me I think is the hardest one to swallow because I'm not surprised that Houston lost. I'm not surprised with what Jacksonville's playing like that Jacksonville lost and they they played a Tampa Bay team that's getting hot. Atlanta was the team that fumbled last week. And you thought, okay, Indy can come in here and they, they can win this game on the road and set themselves up for success if they can then beat the Raiders and, and beat the Texans yeah. to close the season. And it didn't happen. So I, I think the biggest whiff for me 
is Indianapolis. Then it's it, to me, it just goes right to the NFC South where Tampa feels like they're pulling ahead a little bit. Atlanta's in it. New Orleans, we'll see. Atlanta, man, when I look at this, we kind of talked about them in this game. That This losing three out of four and your losses being a home loss to Washington, a yeah. home loss to Minnesota, and then dropping to Tennessee and Arizona, like, dude, you're going to spend, you're going to, if you don't get in what you at Chicago, at New Orleans to close this thing out, you're going to be kicking yourself over that stretch. I guarantee you that team's not going to travel well to Chicago this week. I'm concerned about it. Yeah. They're not going to travel well to Chicago. So effectively, in my mind, the NFC South championship game is this week when Tampa hosts New Orleans with extra rest. Chicago's won three of the last four games. Yeah. They're born two over the last six, games. right? Like low key. Very sneaky possibility that team finishes second in the AFC, NFC North. <laughs> Crap, that's, you got to play them all. You got to play them right. all, right? Right. Uh, and I think it's encouraging to see some of these teams like showing some late season growth, whether it's a team like the Raiders, whether it's a team like the Bears, right? Like, dude, you're down and out all season Man, long. And I, figure hope it out Antonio, a little bit. I hope Antonio Pierce gets that job. Man, they, be, it's a shame on the Raiders if they do it again with another inner coach. Right, right. Yeah, though a rallying. I mean, we didn't talk, we didn't talked about Kansas City. They're a mess. They're an absolute mess, and they're not happy about it either. Pat, Pat they, never. Pat, Pat's acting like he's never had any adversity in his life ever. Has no idea how to act. You get in his all getting in his offensive line's face. Pat, don't hold the ball for three and a half seconds. He right, he's going average. his court. His receiver. Right, just execute the play. Just execute the play, and don't and don't go on the sideline and yell at your offensive lineman for not dominating because you're running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to make big stuff happen every time he touches football. Yeah. We're talking about handling success and what that looks like. Handling adversity is also a thing. And it feels like uh, it feels kind of cutthroat in KC, but I don't know. You, you and I both, it's like, it's still Patrick Mahomes, right? It, it's still a dangerous football team. Right. They can play good defense. Dangerous. But like, but, geez, you know, when Kelsey's coming off the field, spiking his helmet the way that he is right now, it's it's so much frustration and like oh, boiling over. Figure it out and and get hot and and work through it. But they're they're just don't feel like they're trending that way. Yeah. Um, we talked a little about the NFC race. How about the draft order? So you have Carolina, uh, nearly giving all of Chicago and the Windy City a heart attack because they nearly came back. And beat the as Packers. they're rooting for the Packers, right? right. Like, what a weird dynamic! <laughs> the ultimate fu that, that right. Green Bay could have stuck would have been losing that game <laughs> to Carolina, right. uh, because that that would have put um, Carolina, the Chicago's pick via Carolina, in a record tie with Arizona, yeah. with two games left to play. Now, Chicago or Carolina still has the worst strength of schedule, so that still would have stayed in the one one spot, but. Uh, you have Carolina, Arizona, Washington, New England, New York Giants now top five. Chargers top at six, Tennessee at seven, Chicago organically at eight, New York Jets at nine. That is every nine loss team or worse. And then the worst rated 10 loss or eight loss team is the Atlanta Falcons at 10. So you had big wins here, uh, AFC East wins between the Patriots and the Jets, right? Winning football games, kind of shaking up some things here. Uh, when it comes to this draft order, Washington continues their downward spiral, spiral dropping six in a row. They're in the top three. And um, I still need to do my Jaden Daniels assessment. But 
being outside the top two is going to be a big deal. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jets cost themselves potentially five, five spots in the order with this win. And one like what wound up being the craziest game of the weekend, probably. Right. They were up massively. What? 21 points. They were up 27 points. They were up. Like just like (laughs) bloopers everywhere. Like it was a couple of really bad teams. You could tell, but like Washington comes all the way back up. Jets fans are like, kind of celebrating that they're winning a game yeah. and they're celebrating that they're losing a game. And then they have to flip back and celebrate that they won the game at the end of the game uh, to Washington of all teams. And, and Patriots and jets play each other week 18 too. Now I don't think either one of these teams is going to win this week because new England's got Buffalo. And then the jets have the Browns on a short week in Cleveland. New England just beat the Denver. I'm not trying to like make this about the Bills and their well, matchup, yeah, but like think, they're playing they're, hard, right? Like, they're a really interesting kind of dark horse team right now. Uh just for the fact that they they gave Kansas City a little bit of a hard time too. And then they beat Pittsburgh. So they're they won two of their last three games here. It feels like Zappy's got this offense looking better than it. I mean, they scored, dude, for them, they've scored 20 points three games in a row after scoring zero, seven, and six. Right. In the previous three, like. So n- not not to say Zappy's the long-term answer here, but at least he gives you a little something if the initial structure. And when you have a skill group of non-dynamic players, the scramble drill holds a little bit more inherent value because then it's like, okay, just work the space and get open. Brother, we're talking about the scramble do- drill dynamics between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappy. That's night what- and day. Brother. But still not great, but night yeah. and day. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think New England's a really fascinating team to watch. Um, and then th- that Week 18 matchup is going to be really fun to see. They're, if the Jets win that game, they, they may put themselves into the teens, like comfortably in the teens, even if they lose this week. Um, I leave you with this thought, and it's not about the NFL. Okay. The Detroit Pistons have lost 26 games in a row. Mm. I that learned this over good. the weekend. God, seems not good. 20. Didn't they just get the first overall pick? Like they not did. This patch year they were two and year Kyle, that? They were two and one. They were two and one. They're two and 27. They're on that Washington Commanders heater right now. 26 in a row. Not great. That, um, that's going to do it for us here on Locked On NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday. We will be back again tomorrow. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We out of here. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.